Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and today we are in Judges chapter 14 as we are continuing our three-year journey through God's Word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, teach us your truth. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Let us walk in the path of your word as we continue to learn about the life of Samson. Teach us what you would have us to learn. And may we be responsive to your spirit speaking through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Samson. We started his story yesterday. We're continuing it today. We'll be in it for a few chapters here in Judges. Chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah. And at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. His father and mother did not know it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring, then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the belly of the lion and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, Let me now put a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. And they said to him, Put your riddle that we may hear it. And he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? And Samson's wife wept over him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have put a riddle to my people, and you have not told me what it is. 
And he said to her, Behold, I have not told my father nor my mother. And shall I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that the feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people. And the men of the city said to him on the seventh day, before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, and struck down thirty men of the town, and took their spoil, and gave the garments to those who had told the riddle. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. That's Judges chapter 14. Well, Samson does not exactly grow up to be an honorable man, does he? Reading between the lines, exegeting the white space, as some people have put it, we can see that Samson is a spoiled young man. It doesn't seem like he's used to hearing no from his parents. He tells his parents, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah, now get her for me as my wife. And his parents, instead of just saying no, that is unacceptable. You are not to intermarry with pagan idolaters. That is against the law of God. No. They kind of give a whiny answer of, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all of our people that you must go down and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson just says, go get her for me. She's right in my eyes. Now, verse 4 is interesting. Her father and mother, his father and mother did not know it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. This brings us into one of the thorny theological issues, but the Bible's actually very clear on it. It's a very vital one. And that is, does God rule over our selfish and sinful choices and use them for his good purposes? And the answer to that is yes. This greedy, selfish, sinful desire from Samson for this woman was from the Lord. Now, does that mean that the Lord forced Samson to misbehave? No, that's not what it means at all. But God knew Samson's heart and God arranged the circumstances to bring this out in Samson so that he could bring conflict between Samson and the Philistines. Because Samson was promised by God, given by God, to be a judge who would bring deliverance from the Philistines, or at least begin the process of bringing deliverance from the Philistines to the people of Israel. So God is not sinning here. God is not causing Samson to sin. But God is sovereign over Samson's sinful, selfish choices and uses them for his greater good. A lot of people struggle with this and they think, well, how can God be sovereign over evil and over sin? Well, if God's not sovereign over evil and over sin, then he's not sovereign, is he? Because we live in a world with plagued with evil and our, our actions are always tainted by sin. And if God has nothing whatsoever to do with so that he doesn't rule over and reign over sinful, selfish choices and evil working in the world, then he's not sovereign. 
Then he's a victim, sort of watching things unfold and wringing his hands, hoping that perhaps things might work out. And that's just not the sovereign God of the Bible. Scriptures are very clear. The scriptures are abundantly and repeatedly clear that God rules over these things. You think about the most evil thing that's ever happened in the history of the world is the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. He was the only truly innocent man, the only person who had never done anything wrong in the history of the world. He had only blessed people, only taught them the truth, only healed them and cast out demons and fed them and served them. And yet they repaid him by nailing him to a cross in utter shame and humiliation, beating him, tormenting him, rejecting him. This is the most evil thing that's ever been done in the history of the world. And yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. He made his soul an offering for guilt. It was the good pleasure of God to give his son. And it was the good pleasure of his son to give his life for us, even though the way that was carried out was through the treachery of Judas Iscariot, the cowardice of Peter, the cruelty of Pontius Pilate, the, the, the evil conniving of the chief priests in the Sanhedrin. All of this sin, but God sovereignly working out his purposes through it. That ought to give us comfort. It doesn't excuse our sin. Samson here is still guilty for his own sin, and he's still going to bear consequences from his sin. He will still have to live with the consequences of marrying this woman. He didn't pick her because of her character or because of her godliness but he picked her because of her looks and maybe her personality. He sees her at first and that attracts him, but then he goes and spends time with her. And notice what verse 7 says. He went down and talked with the woman and she was right in Samson's eyes. She wasn't right in the Lord's eyes. She was right in the Samson's eyes. If we make decisions in life to always go after what looks good to us and what looks right to us, we will continually make terribly selfish, sinful, foolish choices. And Samson is suffering consequences in this chapter. We see Samson's foolish selfishness when he kills this lion, which the Lord empowers him to do. But then he goes back and in the dead body of the lion, which he should not have approached, it's unclean. He should not have gone there. He gets honey from a beehive that's in the rottened out carcass of the lion that's disgusting but good good honey and so he just he wants it like it's good honey and there's a parallel between that and the approach of going to the philistine woman it's like well she looks good well she's desirable to me well she seems right in my eyes well but she's not she's a pagan idolater she's not part of the covenant people of god she doesn't honor the lord she's not someone that god approves of well just it's what it's what i want Right? So this is the way Samson's operating. He's operating simply on the level of, I want what I want, and I'm going to take it, and that's all there is to it. And he is going to suffer consequences for a long time because of that sinful, uh, foolish attitude that he has toward life. One of the ways that we see Samson suffering the consequences is that his wife treats him the way that he probably had treated his parents many times over the years, in that she's put in a position where she needs something from Samson. 
because she's been threatened by these Philistine men. And so she whines and she, you know, puts pressure on her husband and he eventually gives in and tells her just like he probably so many times in his life had whined and put pressure on his parents and his parents had given in and given him what he wanted. So, and now he suffers the consequences of it. He's, his riddle is found out. He finds out that his wife is not loyal to him and, and he's hurt by it. Um, our sin always has consequences, even though God sovereignly rules over it. So the truth that God sovereignly rules over our sin should bring us comfort to know that our lives are never out of God's control. You can't sin your way out of God's control over your life. You can't sin your way out of God's plan for your life. But it shouldn't bring you complacency to say, well, it doesn't matter if I sin or not because God is sovereign over all of it. So it should bring comfort when we're in despair, but it shouldn't bring us complacency when we're wrestling with uh, tough moral choices. You know how different the Lord Jesus is than Samson. Samson's a sort of selfish whiner who's spoiled. Jesus was a disciplined man of self-control who lived to please his father. Whatever his father told him, he did with self-control and with discipline with full obedience, he learned to delight in the things that pleased his father so that it was a joy to him to obey his father. And that's the real key for us to grow as Christians is to learn not to delight in our selfish, sinful desires, but rather to learn to delight in that which pleases God so that life is both obedient and joyful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, the perfect suffering servant Savior who redeems us. Help us to delight to do your will, even as Christ has always delighted to do your will. Help us to walk in the footsteps of Christ by your grace and for your glory in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me today for Judges 14 tomorrow. We're going to be in the book of 2 Timothy as we continue our New Testament readings in the pastoral epistles. So Paul's letter of 2 Timothy was actually the last letter that Paul ever wrote. So that's where we'll be tomorrow. Have a blessed day in the Lord.